And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Dozella and myself, Son Edom, we sit at the crossroads of faith and pop culture and discuss the issues that are usually pushed to the forefront based on things like social media, maybe actors, actresses, musicians, and other things in the pop culture world that tend to dictate to the rest of society what the norms should be. And Dan, one of the things that I find that's interesting that's been coming up more and more is this kind of assault on the family, the biblical structure of family. And the first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, Kate Hudson, uh, the actress who probably is known for things like Something Borrowed, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, has come out kind of celebrating this co-parenting concept in which she has three kids from three different fathers and how she is kind of celebrating the fact that they all get along and that's the structure that she has wanted. You know, and, and in one instance, uh, she was married when she had one of the kids. Another one, I think they were engaged and then the engagement fell through. And then in the final one, they weren't, they were just, just having a relationship. And now I guess they're engaged and maybe going to get married. But her, her views on all of this stem from this, from the quote, not interested in conventional ideas of love. And it just seems like the assault on the family keeps getting glorified by people such as Kate Hudson, who are trying to glamorize this, what really comes to be a dysfunctional form of living. Yeah, that almost seems like it's becoming the norm, doesn't it, Son, where, um, you know, anything but your traditional family of uh, father and mother and and uh, children who are not being pressured to to change their gender. I mean, that, you know, it wasn't too long ago that you know you you wouldn't even dream that that would ever be um, you know be something that, that that's going on. And and so um, as as a society gets away from absolute truth. Uh, as as our society has now for decades, uh, you know, you you end up just going with whichever way the wind blows, and um, you know, you don't have the stability of of a uh, you know of a father and a mother. You know, I, I saw a couple this week in our church. They've been married um, sixty seven or sixty eight years. I mean, you know, and they're just incredible people, um, you know, and, and, you know, there used to be a time when, um, when, when that model was what most people in a society looked up to as, as the healthiest model spiritually, um, you know, for your family, for your kids. Uh, but, but today, you know, all bets are off and, you know, there are so many uh, definitions that people try to give to family, just like with marriage. I mean, you know, everything going on now with with, with uh, trying to redefine marriage, it's, it's, it's the same thing. You know, let, let's take what the Bible lays out as God's design for gender and for sexuality and for marriage, and let's uh, let's come up with what feels right to us. So, uh, yeah, Son, we're seeing it everywhere, aren't we? Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, you've got social media out there. And so when something such as Kate Hudson comes out and says co-parenting is the best thing, then what you're starting to do is you're starting to see people kind of emulate that through social media. I'm starting to see more and more posts of co-parenting um, coming up like the, and, and that's fine. I mean, it's good that if you have a relationship with an ex that you have a good you know relationship to raise the kids, that's not the problem, but it just becomes, it seems like it becomes 
like a reason that we can split. Like there's no, like before, you know, if you were divorced, there might've been a stigma, which is probably a bad thing to put on people. But now it's like, it's a, it's a reason that there's no, there's no anchor there to keep people together. It's like, oh, it doesn't work out. We'll just co-parent. And so we could just split up. We can get a divorce, you know, things don't work out. It gives us an excuse to be able to just break off the relationship and not try, not put any effort in. And it doesn't matter. It's uh, regardless of what people think, it has a toll on the kids because the kids, they aren't going to have their parents there full time. In fact, Kate Hudson mentions that, you know, uh, her mom, Goldie Hawn, was with Kurt Russell for like 30 years. I don't think they were ever married, but 30 years. But her dad, Bill Hudson, um, is not even in the picture. And so she considers Kurt Russell her father. But even there, she demonstrates the fact that an absent father has made her grown to kind of hate him and not want him in her life. And so even though you have these co-parenting situations and the dad might be around, what happens when, you know, the kid is going through something, especially maybe some of these boys, and granted, some of them are a little bit older, but when they're going through something, they need the father, but the father's not there because he is someplace else because they're not together, and it's not the other time, other uh, parents' time to co-parent. Yeah, you know, that's that's one of the, the various scenarios that you end up with. And I think you mentioned, Son, that, you know, a lot of people opt for maybe what what's easier. Um, you know, no one ever said that, you know, following God's plan was always going to be the easiest approach. But, but when the Bible says, you know, uh, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh, um, this is a profound mystery. I'm talking about Christ and the church. You know, God is laying out that just like Christianity, to live as a Christian, uh, there are going to be challenges with that. It's not going to be easy. Uh, and, and likewise, it's not going to be easy to have a, a marriage and a family that lines up with, with God's plan. But, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's the only place where there's ultimate satisfaction and spiritual health. You know, apart from Christ, uh, there is no forgiveness of sins. And apart from God's plan for the marriage and family, we see how many different directions, uh, you know, human nature and man's sinful nature will take him. So, you know, we, we really are in a, in a world where people um, are lacking uh, a belief in, in absolute truth. And boy, is that ever coming back to bite people in the end, because um, you end up going with you know, what, what, what people see on social media, for example, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they know based on, um, just lots of information today, son, that a lot of these young kids who are, um, feeling pressured to, uh, transition to the opposite gender, it, it's, it's a lot of what they're, they're seeing on social media and they're buying into it because they, they don't know just how dangerous it is. And, uh, and, and that's the, the time in which we live, uh, that, that now more than ever, young people and people of every age, they, we, we need God's word as an anchor, as a rock to guide us, to, to show us the Lord's plan. I mean, you know, we're all imperfect. We're all sinners. We all need forgiveness, but, um, you know, it's like it says in, in, in the uh, previous chapter from what I just read in Ephesians 4, where it, it talks about people who are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. You know, they, they've given, them so, given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. And that's our, that's our sinful nature. That, that's what um, all of us 
um, would be pursuing if Christ didn't intervene and if, if we didn't repent and trust Jesus to forgive us. So, um, you know, the Lord, he's our only hope. And, and without the Lord, I mean, uh, you know, if a person were to picture, uh, you know, being like a hot air balloon or, or just let's say a helium filled balloon and, 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 and holding that in your hand in one minute and then you let go of it and off it goes, it's going to go in the wind. And, and that helium filled balloon is, is very much and sadly what's happening to many, many souls today, many families, um, Many people in their in their dating life or in their family life, uh, they they don't look to God's word for um, you know what what is the foundation I should have? What is God's plan? It's more like um, I'll do what's right in my eyes, and if that happens to line up with the Bible, you know, great. If not, no problem. I mean, you know, I, so that that seems to be the way that a lot of people approach it. You know, the other thing that gets kind of scary with these influencers putting things out there that people are going to emulate and follow is a quote that she said she's not interested talking about this whole uh, idea of love and marriage. I mean, you think of, um, to be cynical, I mean, you think of even like, what was that, Married with Children, when it was so dysfunctional, Al Bundy and his wife, you know, and they would go through this whole thing, but yet the underlining theme was even though there was this dysfunction and on the surface it seemed like that he didn't love her, love her and the family and the kids were annoying and all this stuff. The bottom underlining theme through all this dysfunction was still, you felt that they loved each other and that was still there. Okay. So that's, that, that was one time, even though you were dealing with kind of this pop culture idea of family at its worst, the underlining theme was still, there was a love with the family and they were going to be together. And no matter what the family unit kind of came first in that dysfunction, and now, of course, that's TV. But nowadays, you've got someone real talking about, quote, not in, not interested in forcing some conventional idea or love uh, for love and marriage. And it's like, when does convention, like, what, what's, what's conventional about, you know, marriage? You know, you're looking at somebody who's now trying to tell the next generation that anything and everything can be okay. And that's not the case because she's in a situation where being wealthy, she probably has unlimited resources to take care of all her needs, Kate Hudson. But then when you're dealing with like, you know, the non-celebrity, the person that is struggling to put food on the table, the person that's struggling to find, you know, formula for their baby because it's not there, the person that's struggling to work two jobs and needs a babysitter because you're co-parenting and you might have split with your, you know, baby daddy because of Kate Hudson's, you know, traditions of marriage and, and love, you know, are different. And so now when you bring it to the real world, you know, you're starting to deal with more problems and more difficulties right. because we are definitely living in a two income world for most people. I mean, we're not living in this utopian sure. where, you know, someone like Kate Hudson can have unlimited. In fact, I think she even put in her quote that, you know, she likes the family situation quote I've created. Okay. So she oh, brought the, you know, she yeah. brought that upon her. And so if people are going to try to emulate that and create that, they're going to wind out, uh, find out and wind up with, problems because they don't have the resources that she does to take care of the family right. on her own. Yeah, that, that's for sure, son. And, 
you know, in today's economy, it, it's harder and harder for families. And and even a person's, you know, financial decisions uh, many times uh, are, are greatly affected by their spiritual health or, um, or you know, if, if they're really uh, weak spiritually, um, it, you don't have the Lord's wisdom in, in every area of life, um, including your finances. And so, uh, you know, there are many, many things that, that, that go into uh, what it means to be a follower of Christ. And, you know, the bottom line is that it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy to parent God's way or, or to be married God's way or to follow Christ. But at the end of the day, um, that's where there's peace. Uh, that is where God fills our life with the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's almost like, I think some people is like, well, I'll try this. I'll try that. You know, sometimes you hear about people who, you know, before they're Christians and, and you're, you're thankful they're seeking and they're searching, but you hear, well, I tried Buddhism and I tried the new age and, you know, I, I tried a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And some of them end up, uh, meeting Christ, um, which is great, you know, uh, but, but how many others, um, you know, as, as they're going through the different options, never, never get to Christ and never place their trust in Christ. And, and yet the consequences of, of living without the Lord are, uh, are huge. And so, um, you know, we really, we, we really today want to do whatever we can to help people in the midst of their family struggles and pressure and financial pressures to know that, hey, God, God's concerned about those things. God will help you. God will meet you where you're at. But, um, you know, you're going to have to come to God on his terms. It can't be on your terms. Uh, it, it can't be on, you know, on, on how you define, um, uh, you know, sexuality or marriage or, or gender, uh, or religion, you know, it's going to have to be on God's terms. And of course, you know, the scripture gives us, uh, what we need to know in each of those areas. You know, the other thing, when you take a look at, okay, you've got someone like Kate Hudson who has, you know, taken on this idea that I'm not going to be with somebody. I'm not going to, you know, do this traditional marriage thing, this love thing, and, uh, create this environment for my kids and, and do my own thing. Um, obviously Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn were together for 30 years, but I don't think they were ever married. So maybe that was a little bit of an influence, but then you've got things like, okay, so let's deal with marriage. Okay. You've got people that want to be married, but then you have, you know, the whole concept that came out with, you know, gay marriage, you know, same sex marriage. And it was like, mm -hmm. okay, is it a civil union? You know, what is it? And we've talked before that once you take marriage outside of the Bible, it really is irrelevant because it's a biblical, mm -hmm. it's a biblical thing that it, that marriage is. You know, it was designed by God. It was created by God. It was instituted by God. And it's in the right. Bible. It's a completely biblical, God-ordained thing. And outside of that, mm -hmm. it really means nothing. It's just, you know, a, a, right. I guess a legal thing, if you want to call it that or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But now you've got, you know, Congress dealing with this um, – you know, protect gay marriage type thing when it comes to the respect for marriage bill. And basically, I guess it um, kind of, I don't want to say codify, but I guess it allows for same-sex marriage to be um, protected in all states. But then they added some amendments, I guess some uh, conservative people or whatever added some amendments to say that they wanted to protect religious entities from liability. And so under these amendments, religious liability is going to allow for, or I should say the religious liberty is going to allow for nonprofits to not have to provide services for people. So I guess if you're like a, a nonprofit, you don't have to 
I guess, officiate a wedding. I don't know if you're a pastor. Are you not? Are you nonprofit? I don't know um, what that is. And that's where kind of some of the gray area is. It's like, what what does some of this mean? And it, it brings me back to, you know, a few years ago, we had Jack Phillips, the Colorado baker that was sued because he didn't want to bake a cake for and he didn't want to bake a specific cake. I guess there was some in the freezer that were already baked that were available, but he didn't want to specifically bake a cake for a same sex marriage uh, ceremony. And then there was Barnell Stutzman, who was the florist kind of same thing. She didn't want to, because they were both Christians provide any type of flower arrangements for a same sex marriage. However, there mm-hmm. were flowers and arrangements available in the case. So it wasn't like she was discriminating against them. Now, Jack Phillips, he, I think was clean and clear based on Supreme court ruling. Although I think there was some other follow-up stuff, but Barnell Stutzman, she had to pay, I guess, like $5,000 um, to make the whole thing kind of go away. Then she retired because she was like 77 years old. But it's like those are the type of things. So it's like you have these marriage bills. Okay, we want to protect. We want to protect. We want to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. But yet then what happens is you get these activists that will go out there and they will create a lawsuit by going in. And there's been mm-hmm. um, not only same sex, but I think there was like a Satan club that went to a Christian oh. entity and said, we want you to create a cake or whatever for a Satan club. And they were like, no. Yeah. And then there was a, a lawsuit. And so you have these activists going out there. So in the name of in, of providing safety and inclusion for everybody, what you're doing mm-hmm. is you're creating this environment to not only attack Christians, but attack you know the institution of marriage, to attack all yeah. these other kind of conservative areas. And when it comes to that's Christians, right. you're really starting that's to create right. an environment that's hostile for them. Well, that's exactly right, Son. And there are many who are concerned with this current bill now that, um, you know, is, is, is going through Congress. Um, many are concerned that, that if that were to pass, it's going to be used as a club against um, those who believe in God's plan for, for marriage. And, and, and it just, it just is going to push harder against those who um, want to be able to um, celebrate God's plan for marriage and not, not do things like, you know, be involved in businesses. If, if, if uh, it's something that goes against your, uh, your biblical beliefs and no one should have to do that. Uh, but, but isn't that interesting about, you know, um, the, the folks, who, who want that, they're not just content to engage in that themselves. Um, they want to force it on others. They want to force it on children. They want to force it on Christians. Um, and, and so there's something very diabolical about that. It's, it's not only, um, you know, ungodly to, to promote uh, sex outside of marriage and, and, and same sex relationships and transgenderism, uh, and, and, you know, living together, uh, but not being married. I mean, these things are not only, you know, ungodly things, but there's something very diabolical that, that gets into a person when now you feel like you have to force that on others. So that's almost like your religion now. And, and it's not a religion that you're sharing, um, the, the way that we as Christians try to, uh, if we're doing it the right way, you know, we're not beating people over the head with the Bible, but trying to do it in a winsome way and a loving way and a gentle way, uh, sometimes very direct, but also gentle. But it's not that way at all. It, it's let, let's bludgeon people over the head, uh, with this message. Message and let, let's try to legalize. You know, it used to be, you know, there was the moral majority. And, and you know, I always have believed, and many I think will agree, that you cannot legislate morality, but you can certainly legislate immorality. And, and, and you can... Um, 
you can make it so that uh, th- th- that it just makes it so easy for people to uh, to pursue and and uh, and and adopt those sorts of things that, that that God forbids. And then you know you're just a step away from trying to force your views on others. And that's what I think people with this this latest bill are are concerned about. Isn't it interesting the the word games that go on with some of these things? You know, like respect for Mary Jack. You know, I, I saw somebody who wrote you know disrespect for Mary Jack. And, and, you know, in heaven, you know, Sam, that's what, that's what it would be called. You know, the disrespect for Mary Jack, because like you said a moment ago, you, you, you cannot redefine marriage. God's already, you know, defined it. There is no marriage apart from one man and one woman. I mean, you can call it that, you know, you, just like you can call yourself, uh, someone of the opposite gender, you, know, you can call yourself that, but it doesn't make it so. And, and so we, we, you know, our, our job is as Christians, is, is going to get more and more challenging, you know, in America as, as these issues continue to um, to go on. And, and we know that many in the young uh, in the younger generations today uh, seem to be very supportive of, of, of same sex relationships. Now, as Christians, we're never to be against uh, people who may be involved in this, that or the other uh, type of behavior. But we are, of course, to be um, speaking the truth in love. And, and that is what, um, what we're called to do. That's what, uh, uh, you know, God wants us to do. Um, never judging others, never looking down on others. Uh, we should never do that. Uh, if we're doing that, then we're sinning. Uh, but, but we do need to hold the line, so to speak, by, um, in our own homes, in our own churches, in our own communities, you know, sharing the truth, um, even when it's not popular. You know, the other thing, too, that when you talk about some of these things that comes into play, obviously, you have to look at the church from the standpoint that you've got, again, in the name of God, you can pretty much get a lot of people to do pretty much anything because God said it or I'm a pastor and God told me to tell you type of stuff. And we've seen it. You know, we've talked about prosperity preachers and people like that, that God told me that, you know, if you give me you know, $2,000, he'll bring a windfall onto you. And so people will do it out of desperation or whatever, you know, stuff. So, so people can be manipulated in the name of God by people claiming to be representatives of God. But then when you get down really to the, to the heart of it though, you've got a church collectively that is preaching a gospel that isn't biblically solid, isn't biblically true. You know, you, you start to weave these falsehoods into it to try to be accepting to all things, uh, to all people. Obviously, if a same-sex couple came into a church, not that they should be feeling uncomfortable because they're there, but they should be feeling convicted because the message is, hey, no matter what your sin is, it doesn't matter that you're same-sex, it's just no matter what your sin is, so whether it's, it's a same-sex couple sitting next to me or whether it's me, if I'm not feeling kind of uncomfortable being um, convicted of the sin that I'm doing in life, then maybe the gospel really isn't being preached because what we're starting to see is from the pulpit, you're starting to see people preach that it's okay to live these lifestyles that God approves of it. I mean, I think about the the same-sex marriage or gay, you know, the gay issue, uh, gay marriage and gay relationships, for example. Again, we always say on the podcast that there is no separate sin. There is no greater sin than another, except for maybe blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But if you're in a, in a same-sex marriage relationship or if you're a compulsive liar to God, it's the same thing. If we are um, 
you know, using profanity, for example, versus someone doing little white lies. It's all the same. If we kill somebody, okay, sin to God is sin. There's no degree. There's no higher degree of sin. It's all the same. However, what people have done is they take a look at something like this same-sex marriage, and they'll say, well, God never talked about it. Jesus never talked about it. The Bible doesn't talk about it. But then when you look at things, you can think of, well, what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? What happened there? And then people will try to wipe that out of the Bible and not talk about it because they don't want the people in the pews to feel uncomfortable because they want them to keep coming back. And who knows? Maybe they want that, uh, you know, that deeper pocket in the uh, offering plate as it goes by, more money. I don't know. But you start to see the church collectively preaching kind of false doctrine or at least gospel light if you want to be polite about it and accepting of these sins that the bible talks about that is wrong and then society starts to especially some of the younger people that are like millennials that might not be going to the going to churches often that might be influenced by things outside of of uh of the bible and true christian messages because got uh the, the influence of social media and other things uh taking their attention away from it and so you start to then see acceptance and normalcy, such as Kate Hudson was talking about with love and marriage, in society that is strictly against the Bible, and these are by people that call themselves Bible-believing Christians. Yeah, that's uh, going on all the time, isn't it, Son? And you mentioned how you know, there are people who will say, well, Jesus didn't talk about that. Well, um, he did talk about marriage between a man and, and a woman. Uh, he um, he, there were there were various sins that Jesus didn't name that that the Old Testament addresses, um, various uh, sexual sins and, and, and other sins. You know, the thing we have to look at is when Jesus came along, did he raise the bar or did he lower the bar? You know, from the Old Testament. So take for example, um, you know, thou shalt not murder. Okay, um, did Jesus raise the bar or lower the bar? Well, um, Jesus said that if you uh, say to someone, "You fool," you're in danger of the fire of hell. And so I think we would say, well, boy, he really raised the bar because um, now he seems to be saying if you murder them with your tongue, uh, that that would be a big enough sin to send you to hell. So definitely the bar has not been lowered. It's been raised. Uh, so you don't, you don't wipe out thou shalt not murder. Okay, well, what about uh, thou shalt not commit adultery? Um, did he raise the bar or did he lower the bar? Uh, well, uh, Jesus said in the New Testament that if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. So now it's not just the physical act, which is still, of course, adultery, and, and, and that has uh, the most serious consequences, but there are also consequences for committing adultery in your heart. And, and so rather than lowering the bar, he raised the bar. Uh, because, um, you know, we who know the Lord have the Holy Spirit in us. God expects more of us um, than if we didn't have the Holy Spirit, I guess you could say. Uh, but the law is the same for everybody. Okay, the law is the same. And everybody falls short. Uh, so what about with homosexuality? Um, you know, in the Old Testament, it's very clear that it's an abomination to the Lord and a perversion. And and Paul makes that very clear in Romans, uh, that it, it, you know, is just as much a, a perversion today uh, as it was, um, you know, centuries ago. But what about Jesus? Did Jesus raise the bar or lower the bar? Well, 
You know, some say, well, he didn't specifically, you know, use the term uh, homosexual offender. OK, so because Jesus, we, we, we don't have him using that term in the Gospels. We have him talk about marriage between a man and a woman. Hey, how about this? Maybe he didn't call that out because he was trying in compassion to reach out to uh, folks who are struggling with that particular sin. I mean, Jesus reached out to the prostitutes, but he didn't, you know, uh, encourage it. He reached out to the woman caught in adultery, but he didn't condemn her, but he did say, go and sin no more. And, and so the folks on who say that Jesus didn't address homosexuality, therefore it's okay if you're in a, um, you know, in a, in a loving relationship. Well, um, you know, Jesus has made it very clear that he has raised the bar. He hasn't lowered it. He has raised the bar, um, and 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 now it's it's a focus. You know, you could argue the bar was always that high. Okay, so I'm not saying that in that sense that God's will or God's laws have changed. But when I, when I say raise the bar, what I'm really mean what I really mean by that is um, he's calling out things even more than maybe the Old Testament. You know, more than what the Old Testament said maybe about murder and 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 about adultery. Now Jesus is 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 getting down deep into people's heart and and I identifying sins that that we as human beings can have. So, yeah, that 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 argument just doesn't uh hold any water, you know, to say that um well, because Jesus never used that word. Oh, well, you know, he must be okay with it. Uh that is so contrary to everything that that the Bible tells us about sexuality, about God's uh, grace, about sin, about judgment, um, and and you really have to um, do some major gymnastics and, and twist the Bible around uh, to try to make it say that because it certainly doesn't say that. Well, I mean, yeah, you take a look at the various things. Okay, look at the women at the well. So Jesus talks. To the woman at the well basically starts out with, hey, I'm thirsty, you know, give me something to drink. And then from there, it goes into a conversation. And then the conversation ultimately leads to her realizing the things that she's doing wrong. But God didn't, but Jesus didn't come out and start pointing at her right away saying, you're doing this, 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 this. Okay. So obviously that had to deal with, with her adulterous nature. Um, what about the other lady that came and they want to stone her. And Jesus writes, you know, he starts riding into the sand. Now, there's debate as to what he was riding in the sand. Um, but the point is, is that he doesn't specifically condemn these things by calling them out, uh, you know, specifically and verbally. But what he's doing is he is showing that these things are wrong and pointing out the fact that they are wrong, but he's doing it in a manner that really requires you to understand what's going on in those passages to, to know that he's calling out sin, all sin, not just the people that, uh, like the woman who, who was going to be stoned, you know, they wanted him to point out her sin and he points out everybody's sin, you know? And so people that sit there and try to use the Bible specifically and say, well, he never said specifically this. Well, they're just missing out the boat completely because that wasn't Jesus. Jesus didn't come in an accusatory fashion. He came in a fashion that was more of like, I'm going to expose your sin to you, and I'm going to show you what it's like. But I am here because he didn't come at that point 
to be the judgment, you know, like everyone was hoping for, like the Jews were hoping for. He wasn't coming as the reigning king that was going to be the judge, you know, the judge, ex, jury, and executioner, like people think. He was coming to be the sacrificial lamb. That was his first part. And in doing that, he was exposing sin, and he was exposing everybody's sin. He wasn't pointing it out. And I think people miss that point when they come back to, well, he never specifically said something. There's a lot of times he didn't specifically say a lot of things because he was above that. He was above that petty worldliness that we live in where sin causes us to want to point out other people's sin so that then our sin is less sinful. Yeah, and I I just go back, Son, to I think that Jesus very likely didn't identify homosexual offender because, first of all, let's face it, um, if 98 or 99 percent of the sexual sins of humanity are dealing with heterosexual sin, um, there are other types of sexual deviancy that um, you could say, well, Jesus didn't mention this or didn't mention that, so maybe he's okay with that. No, Um, he addressed what the vast majority, 98 to 99 percent probably of human beings experience experience heterosexual lust, and a very small percentage, relatively speaking, uh, experience homosexual lust. Now, I do think that that number, is, is, it goes up a bit as, as people are uh, encouraged to dabble with it. Um, and I think when people dabble with that, um, there are some people in that group who dabble with it, just kind of like with the transgender thing, okay? Um, you know, uh, look at all the people who now want to detransition, who there was, you know, they, they, they never had to do that. Some people are now they're wanting to sue, you know, uh, uh, maybe a psychologist because of the advice they were given or a hospital or a doctor or, or a school, you know, be, be, because they weren't, they were given terrible advice. They were encouraged to do this. And, and likewise, you know, when Katy Perry sang the song, I kissed a girl and I liked it. I wonder how many young girls said, Oh, just to be a rebel, you know, just like kids today, you know, to be a rebel, I'm going to be transgender. Um, uh, I mean, I remember hearing a story here recently, son, and I've even been of a, of a school here in Omaha where, where I heard somebody say, you know, in this one particular grade, it's like all of the kids either want to identify as, you know, LGBTQ or, as, you know, uh, you know, something along that order. Uh, they, they don't want, they don't want to just be, you know, a normal. They, they, they want to stand out. And, and because people in that category are praised by and large on social media, um, you know, young people think, well, hey, if I'm going to get attention, if I'm going to get um, affirmation, uh, then I'll do the same thing. And they dabble with it. And for some of them, they never get out of that trap that they that they step into. It's like quicksand. I mean, it is it is emotional, spiritual physical, sexual quicksand, that, that it is so dangerous. Um, and, and some just never, ever, um, ever make it out alive. You know, the other thing, Dan, that we're starting to see too, with this whole concept is the fact that you're starting to get people in positions where they, you know, we talk about influencing and Disney is one of them. I remember back when growing up, you know, Disney was the innocence. I think one of the only TV shows that we would be able to watch on, uh, it was on a Sunday evening. It was like uh, Wide World of Disney or something like that, and it had various, you know, family friendly content. Or you know, you would think of the movies like what was it, uh, the Herbie the Love Bug, or what was that, the yeah. Shaggy Dog, or you know, things right. like that. And it was like family oriented. And now Disney has gotten to the point where they're pushing you know LGBT content. The latest one I think was this movie, or I think it's an animated film, Strange World 
where apparently some teens are running around trying to uh, save the planet from some mysterious, you know, eco disaster or crisis. Obviously, they throw the climate change in there. But apparently, these like teens are are gay or something in there, and so it's going to be this highly celebrated movie that was supposed to, you know, launch Disney's LGBT main character. And now it looks like it's going to lose $100 million because it had a really, really poor opening weekend and it hasn't recovered from that. Is that something that is, because you see a balance. I mean, is that something where like the squeaky wheel is getting the grease and when it comes down, when it comes to, you know, like the, the bills in Congress or when it comes to the news headlines or when it comes to, you know, actors and people like that wanting to fit in. But then when you see a movie like this where nobody's going to see it, is that kind of like the silent majority pushing back and being like, no, we don't want our kids exposed to this and we're just not going to go see it? Yeah, I, I think there is a real pushback to that, Son. I think Disney is feeling that pushback. Um, you know, they, they, they really felt that pushback when they had that, that deal here in the last year or so where they, um, what, uh, came up with this, this, uh, this, uh, this great idea that, you know, we're not going to use the term, what was it, boys and girls, you know, at, at, at Disneyland or something. Well, did that ever, uh, cost them big time? Um, you know, and, and, and but, you know, uh, parents don't want this forced upon their children. Um, you know, parent, I mean, most parents, I should say, you know, there'd be some parents, I suppose, who, who would be thrilled, you know, to have, have their little ones, um, you know, thinking about these things and then pursuing, you know, LGBTQ and this sort of stuff. But, but most parents don't want that forced on their kids. And, and so I'm not surprised that that movie bombed. Um, and, and, you know, you look at all the Christian movies that, that are successful. Um, you know, I mean, we still live in a country where there are uh, a lot of people who, who want wholesome, um, entertainment. Um, they, they, they want, uh, they want to have wholesome activities for their families. And, uh, you know, uh, that was a huge amount of money that they lost on that, on that movie. And I think there's a lot that, that, you know, can be, can be taken away from that and be learned. You know, it's one thing to be, you know, out there pushing this in society, trying to make it seem like, you know, this is now the new mainstream and all this and that. Well, but what, what people show with their dollars, whether they really are interested in that. It's, it's like that movie that came out not too long ago. I think it involved, you know, maybe a homosexual relationship between, you know, uh, a couple guys and I, I don't think that one did very well at the box office either because I mean, you know, a lot of people, they're not interested in that. Uh, they're not interested in that. That's not, they don't consider that entertainment. They don't consider that to be, um, you know, the way that, that, that God designed things. I mean, I know there are people who do believe that, you know, God made me this way. Um, but, uh, you know, biblically, you just, you're not going to be able to make that case. Um, God doesn't make, uh, a person to be a homosexual or a transgender people. Um, people, do that themselves. Now, I will say this on that I don't believe anybody wakes up one day and chooses to have gay feelings. So there's this big debate about, you know, is it, you know, is, is it uh, something that this uh, just created in you or do you choose it? Well, um, I, I think when you start to have feelings and desires about that, you, you didn't, you didn't uh, choose to have those desires, but what we would say biblically and, and in, in God's, uh, from God's perspective in his word, those 
those are sinful desires that are coming from your sinful nature. And we don't understand why maybe one or two percent of people have those sinful desires. We all have sinful desires. And, and, and by the way, those one or two percent of people aren't bigger sinners than everybody else. Uh, you know, why do they have that? Um, you know, why do, why in some families is a certain type of cancer, you know, uh, hereditary? And I'm not saying that, you know, gay feelings are hereditary. I'm just saying we don't understand certain things about why people have a, a disease in their body. We don't understand why people have disease within their soul uh, to um, to want to engage in uh, adultery, to want to engage in fornication, to want to engage in uh, homosexual behavior. So we don't have the answers to these things uh, other than what Scripture tells us, which is, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, you know, um, that that's, that's where these things come from. And, um, you know, man is sinful by nature. And so man, you know, tends to hold grudges and be prejudiced and hate others and tell lies and, and, um, and, and gossip and judge people and engage in sexual sin. That's just what man does and be greedy and, and, and try to uh, celebrate, you know, myself, look at me, you know, it's got to all be about me, but who is that? That That's like Satan right there. I mean, Satan said it has to be all about me. And he lost, um, he, he lost his willingness to serve his creator as a created being. And so people are really following in Satan's footsteps when, when, whenever we live, like it's all about me. Well, no, um, it's not. It's about our creator, and he's coming back one day, and he's going to take with him all those who are waiting for him, all who believe in him as Savior. And and so if there's anybody listening today, son, who uh, they're not really sure whether they would go with the Lord or not, I, I would just invite all of the listeners today to be sure to talk to the Lord today about your sin. It doesn't matter what the sin is. I mean, we've talked about some specific sins today, but but whatever the sin, um, just bring it to the Lord. Be honest with the Lord. Repent of it. Um, and don't go to the Lord telling him what sin is. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, show me what sin is. Even if I've been thinking that, that a certain things I've been doing are not sinful, show me, Lord, because I would rather know what's true than just do what feels good to me right now. I mean, a person like that can get through to God, you know, uh, when they're willing to, to, to listen to God above their own desires, their own feelings, their own preferences. Lord, show me. And wherever I'm wrong, Lord, show me that I'm wrong. Um, and, and that's the kind of heart that is going to... Um, you know, be be very open to uh, to change and to understanding things from God's perspective, and to not ending up at the end of your life in God's courtroom, which we're all going to you know appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and, and not ending up in God's courtroom and and having it go very very uh, very badly, uh, which it will for everyone who doesn't have Jesus there with them. So. Frank, you, you want to get with Jesus today. Uh, when I say you want to, I mean, what I'm really saying is you need to. You might say, well, no, no, Dan, I don't want to. Well, okay, then I would encourage you to change that perspective about Jesus, to repent of that of that um, of that attitude toward your Creator, because Jesus created you. He's coming back. He would love to bring you with Him to heaven. He doesn't want to send you to hell. Um, you know, he, he, he doesn't want to have you pay for your sins in hell. That's why he died in the cross. But he will send you there. The angels will separate, uh, you know, the sheep from the goats. Um, and, and there'll be those on, on, on the Lord's right and those on his left. And, you know, you don't want to be on the bad side. You don't want to go to the bad place. Uh, 
Um, and you should start thinking about that this second because you don't know tonight um, whether you're going to wake up tomorrow morning here on earth. Uh, your soul may, may leave your body tonight. Uh, you, you could you could die tonight during your sleep. And if that happened, where would your soul go? There are only two places. There's heaven and there's hell. Um, Jesus made that very clear. He said, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So um, today, my friend, if you'll if you'll come to Christ and get on the narrow road, um, bring him your sin. But but let me tell you, I'll give you a hint. I would not come to him trying to tell him what sin is and what it isn't. Uh, that won't get very far with God. But if you go to him humbly and, and, and say, Lord, there's a lot I don't know. Uh, you know, and, and that's true for all of us, by the way. There's a lot we don't know. Um, and, you know, but um, go to him humbly and confess your sins to him. And if you'll say to God, show me my sin. Lord, show me my sin. Um, you watch what happens if you open up your heart to God that way as compared to, well, no, hey, everything's cool. I'm okay. I don't sin. You know, um, I mean, that was almost humorous if it wasn't so tragic here, you know, back when, when uh, Donald Trump, you know, was interviewed that time and, and he was asked about, you know, does he ask for forgiveness? And basically, you know, what did he say? I mean, at the time anyway, maybe he's changed his view, but hey, you know, why, why do I need to ask for forgiveness? I don't really know if anything I'm doing is wrong, you know? So, what, what, you know, a person can be self-deceived. I mean, we all have many, many, many sins that, that we've committed. And, and, and I hope you know some of your sins, my friend, but, but there's an answer to that. It's the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. And so just bring it to the Lord, confess your sins to the Lord. Um, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin, but only if you repent and turn to the Lord. And, and uh, everyone who, who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, every, you know, no one who trusts in him will ever be put to shame. So, um, maybe you've done some shameful things, you know, um, but that doesn't mean God doesn't love you or won't forgive you, uh, or that he's going to harp on those things to keep, oh, you did this, you did that. No, he won't do that unless you stand in his courtroom one day without forgiveness. And then he's going to show you all those things as the reasons why you'll go to hell. Okay. But he doesn't want that. There's still time. There's still time for you to avert that, to avoid that, to, um, uh, you know, to get on, uh, God's, uh, God's plan of salvation. You know, the Bible bus, um, you know, you've got to come aboard through faith in Jesus. Otherwise, uh, that's going to be a horrible day uh, followed by a horrible eternity, which will never end. That's the teaching of the Bible. You know, we didn't make this stuff up. Um, it, you know, it, it's not something that any of us would have come up with. It's what Jesus brought to this world. I mean, we had hints of it in the Old Testament, but boy, nothing like what exploded onto the scene in the New Testament and, and the revelation of Scripture. So um, I please read read the Bible tonight. Read the Gospel of John tonight or, or one of the other books in the Bible. Just read. Start with a book a week. Read it. Meditate on it. Let your mind be filled with truth. And and um, that's going to be a big step in in your life and in all of our lives uh, who uh, who want to follow Christ. Without without the Word of God, uh, we're a mess, and we're going to get blown away like that helium balloon. Yeah, and the other thing too is that you know who we surround ourselves with here on Earth matters too. I mean, we're getting inundated with the influences of all these things from social media, television, music. You know what we hear on the news, maybe in our schools, in our work environments, and if we don't surround ourselves with like-minded people, people that are going to be in fellowship, know the Bible, have Christian values, or maybe even, let's say, in a work environment where maybe those people aren't there, 
maybe we have to seek out and try to find them, whether it be through a church or some other to- uh, sort of uh, organization. But just finding yourself or surrounding yourself with people that have, you know, values, that have family values, you know, that have um, same belief systems in that, you know, we should have, you know, kids and their education should be about education. Family should be about family and have that because if we're continually being bombarded with all this kind of woke left, uh, you know, left of center liberal, I guess, ideology, you know, this, that, you know, anti-Bible, I guess, ideology, if you really want to get specific, then eventually that's going to erode our belief system or has the ability or the potential to erode our belief system. And then we slowly start wanting to accept nothing wrong with having friends, but if those friends are living a lifestyle that goes against the Bible, at some point we're going to probably have to address that if it comes up and either be like, well, no, I don't believe in what you're doing. And is that going to cause problems? Or are you going to slowly accept their lifestyle just because they're your friends and you want to, to be liked by them? And so then it kind of gets yourself in this quandary. So having, first off, you know, Christian friends, Bible-believing friends, Bible-believing people that you can be around and have conversation with and, and make sure you're still thinking and believing the right thing and living the right life um, is important because, again, it's like, are we building our lives on the, the sand? We're going to be washed away by the waves or are we going to build our lives on the rock where the foundation is going to be solid and we're going to be able to withstand those waves as they come in. Yeah, that, that's right, Son. And there is such stability uh, in Jesus. Uh, he, he provides a solid foundation for, for life, um, for every aspect of life. And, and, and so um, we, we need the Lord. We need that foundation. Um, everything else is sinking sand uh, in this life and in the world to come. So uh, what a privilege that, that uh, we all have, and, and every listener has today, to call upon the Lord, who is the rock. And uh, boy, what a difference it makes when when we when we put our trust in Christ. Dan Dozell, thank you as always for being with us here on this uh, show. We really appreciate it. Sitting at the crossroads of faith and pop culture, talking about the influences that kind of dictate the social norms of today. And so I uh, appreciate your insight and for sharing that with us here today. Oh, Son, thank you. It's been great, and uh, I just uh, hope and pray that every listener will uh, will benefit from, from what was discussed today, and it's a privilege, Son, to, to do this with you. If you'd like to reach out, you can email the show. You can email the show at sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. We will get back to you if you have questions or comments or you're looking for maybe a church home or people to connect with uh, that might be able to help you with your spiritual walk, you know, we can definitely do that. But uh, reach out, sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our website, radiowarp.com. That's radiowarp.com. Just click the Sanctified Reason Podcast, and all of our uh, past shows pop up. And um, you can take a listen. And if you think that's something that might benefit other people, maybe you can share it with them. And uh, we appreciate that. So, again, um, just Continue to walk, continue to keep the faith, and uh, we're going to continue to keep talking about these things and and uh, kind of be guided as or go as God leads us on this. So again, Dan, thanks so much. Thank you, son. I look forward to next time. And for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless. <laughs>